We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Today, we officially wrap up our draft coverage. Obviously, over the past couple weeks, I've been going through all of my deep dives. When you have a 13-player draft class, that can certainly take some time, and that's basically consumed me over the past couple weeks. And today, we finish things up with the undrafted free agents. Now, for those of you who've been following along with me while I've been doing all of these deep dives and you've sort of come accustomed to how detailed I go into all of these players, just full transparency up front. We are not going to do that with all of these undrafted free agents for obvious reasons. A, if I did the same thing, we'd have another two weeks of undrafted free agent talk and doing an episode a day on an undrafted free agent a day. I don't think that's going to behoove anyone. So I am going to go through these a little bit more rapid fire. I'm still going to get you a lot of the details on what I saw on tape. Um, So we'll go through all of those. The other thing that I want to mention up front is while this was one of my favorite draft classes of all time for Green Bay, this might have been my least favorite undrafted free agent class. There's not a ton here. We'll get to all of these guys in just a second, but I think a part of the reason is Green Bay didn't have really much money to spend in guaranteed money and guaranteed contracts, and they did not put a lot of money at all into this undrafted free agent class. I think part of it was financial in doing that. I think the other thing to remember here is that Green Bay was not in a situation where they needed to go out and be like, all right, we got to we got to find some priority for, you know, undrafted free agents here to add to this roster. If you remember, last year they drafted 11 players. Bo Melton was drafted and they ended up poaching him off of Seattle's practice squad. Luke Tenuta was drafted. They ended up claiming him. And Caleb Jones was an undrafted free agent that they kept on the roster through the entirety of the season. So they had 14 players a season ago, 13 of which that were drafted, one undrafted that stayed on the roster that were on the roster last season and are potential 53-man roster players this season as well. So that's 14 players right there. 
Then they go out and they draft another 13 players this year. That is 27 players between last year and this year that were either drafted or undrafted in Caleb Jones's case, but was on the roster for the entirety of last season, basically as a full redshirt season. So we know that Goody likes to keep his draft picks, and I'm sure all 27 of those players are players that Goody would probably like to keep in some capacity. I'm sure not all of them will be back, but that's over half of your 53-man roster right there. That doesn't even include some of the veterans that you're obviously going to keep on this roster. So Green Bay didn't need to really go out and spend a ton on their undrafted free agent class. They have plenty of talent and talented and, and um, you know potential-filled players from these past two draft classes in and of itself. So um, that's why I think Green Bay didn't put a lot of money in it, along with the fact that they just didn't have a ton of money to spend either. But the result of that, I think, was a fairly underwhelming undrafted free agent class. By the way, I will take every year if Green Bay wants to have one of my favorite draft classes and one of my least favorite undrafted you know, free agent classes. I'm 100% okay with that from now until the end of time, if that's what Green Bay would like to do moving forward. Totally 100% fine with that. So again, they've got a lot of players that have been rookies and second year players that are probably going to make this team anyway. But let's jump right in. And as I mentioned, we're going to go through these pretty rapid fire. Let's start with Keyshawn Banks, an edge rusher out of San Diego State. 6'3", 251 pounds. He is 23 years old, has a 2.09 RAS score. So that's another thing I should mention up front is this was not the most athletic undrafted free agent class either. And one of the, a couple things that I'm a firm believer in with your undrafted free agents is a bet on the athleticism. If you're going to hit on somebody, it's probably going to be somebody that just like was under the radar at their college or their college didn't use them right, but they're an athletic freak and they come to the NFL and find a way they didn't really do that. They got a lot of guys that weren't super athletic. So I think that was a little bit of a miss. And then the second thing is if you sort of look, a lot of the undrafted players that end up turning out pretty decent are running backs and they didn't sign any undrafted free agent running backs. So I don't think they had the best process in their undrafted free agent class, but neither here nor there. As mentioned, Keyshawn Banks, edge out of San Diego State, 6'3", 251, 23 years old, 2.09 relative athletic score. Had a nice arm over move, had a couple moves in his arsenal that were pretty impressive. Had decent closing speed to the quarterback. I think he will look much better as a 3-4 outside, or more, let's just say standing up edge rusher than, you know, he was kind of used as a pseudo defensive lineman at times and just kind of playing out of position. So I do think as a standing up edge rusher, that will fit him much better than how they were using him at San Diego State. He does struggle to hold up at the point of attack against the run, but he battles very hard while doing so. So you love the effort there. He is on the ground a lot. I saw him get blocked by tight ends on multiple occasions. Doesn't play with a lot of power. Does play very light on his feet. I was impressed overall with his footwork and his foot quickness, and I'm hoping that's something that can help him at the NFL level. He always is rallying to the football, which you love to see. He does get down the line to make plays on the running back. He had 99 pressures over the past two seasons per pro football focus. So that is a very impressive number. And I don't care where you're from. I talked about this uh, with Carl Brooks is like some guys just know how to get there. It doesn't matter what school they played at. It doesn't matter their height, weight, speed, any of that. They just know how to find a way to get to the quarterback. Well, 99 pressures in two seasons is not too freaking shabby for Keyshawn Banks. So that was impressive. And then has 196 career special team snaps, but never more than 56 in a season. If he wants to make a team, he's probably going to have to find a way to show out a little bit more on special teams. 
That brings us to Brenton Cox Jr., an edge rusher out of Florida, probably the name that you've heard the most and probably one of their best undrafted free agents just based on the tape. 6'4", 250, 23 years old, a 6.33 relative athletic score. The big thing is he was dismissed from two different programs, first from Georgia, then from Florida, and in Florida just this past season. And it sounds like more it's like an accumulation of events, especially at Florida this past year. So that's going to be something where he needs to take a step from a maturity standpoint and really become more of a professional at this point in his career. He's got really nice quickness off the line of scrimmage. Looks pretty okay dropping into coverage for a college 250-pound edge rusher. Like I was pretty impressed with what he was able to do dropping in coverage on a couple different plays. Plays with a very good level of intensity, and I think that's going to be something that carries over into the NFL. Does take the bait far too often on play-action fakes, so there'll be times where he's going hard towards the running back and the quarterback just keeps, and all of a sudden he's lost contain and the quarterback gets outside of the pocket, so he's going to have to do a better job of that. Very good hustle, constantly stay act, stays active, and you know he is he is a hustle player through and through, and, and his his tank is never running empty. So you love to see that out of him. Shows a little bit of an inside counter, also has a long arm move that he uses very well. Needs a more well rounded, well developed move set, but he's got a couple moves in his arsenal. He's best when he's using active hands, and he can be pretty shifty as an edge rusher as well. When his hands are coming at you with a little bit more intensity, that's where he can you know tend to get a few more wins against offensive linemen. He will flatten to the quarterback as well, which you love to see. So when he does get those hands off of him, he's able to kind of bend the edge and sort of flatten to the quarterback a little bit. So that's something that you love to see. I don't know how well it's going to translate to the NFL. I think he's going to have a harder time getting you know, the opposing offensive lineman's hands off of him at that level. But if he can, he did show that ability to flatten and get to the quarterback, which again, hopefully translates over. He will lose in a phone booth more often than not. So if he's up against a bigger, more physical offensive lineman, guard, tackle, doesn't matter. If they're one-on-one and he doesn't have space to maneuver, he's usually going to lose that battle. And only 152 uh, career special team snaps and 126 of those were on the field goal block team or extra point block team. So not a ton of special teams experience for Brenton Cox Jr. either. I did like his tape. I do think there's some things to take away and he probably is one of Green Bay's better undrafted free agents. My guess, probably more of a practice squad guy if he can kind of keep his, you know, you know, keep his nose clean and stay out of trouble in Green Bay. I do think he has some potential as a practice squad player. Next up is Chuck Filiaga, a guard out of Minnesota, originally played for Michigan and transferred over to Minnesota. 6'6", 321 pounds, so really good size. 7.89 relative athletic score. A couple big things that stood out there uh, for for, uh, Filiaga, though. He is a waist bender who drops his head. And those are two of the things, especially being a waist bender, is one thing you never want to hear for an offensive lineman. And basically what that means is he's he's bending at the waist rather than getting lower into his stance. When you bend into your waist, your eyes drop, your head drops, and you're just susceptible to so many, so many things. A push-pull move is going to get you off balance. You're not able to keep your eyes. Offensive or defensive players can kind of push you to the ground a little bit more. You're just not on balance. Like just so many bad things can happen both in the run game and in the pass protection. Like it's just nothing that you ever want to see. So he's going to have to clean up that technique a lot. When he does stay upright, he can anchor and show off some of his power. So I did see some of that upside using that 6'6", 321-pound frame to his advantage. If he can start getting a little bit lower in his stance, start using a little bit better technique, not bending at the waist, which is one of the hardest things to unteach from offensive linemen. But if he can get there, he did show some power. He did show some anchor ability. And hopefully with a little bit of technique work, some of those things can come out a little bit more and he can be better at the NFL level than he was at college. 
He does need to calm everything down. That's going to be a work in progress for him. He's just a little bit too all over the place is I guess how I would put it. He's off balance far too often. And part of that's just playing with poor technique and poor balance. And he, the, the plus side, the ultra plus side here is as a starter last year for Minnesota, he only gave up one sack and eight total pressures as a starter with Minnesota. So 6'6", 321, nice frame, solid production this past year. He didn't have that many pass protection snaps. So it's not like this. It's not like he had like 800 pass pro snaps or somewhere in the 300s, but still only one sack and only eight total pressures is still really good numbers for a big 10 starting guard. That brings us to Malik Heath, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, 6'2", 213 pounds, 23 years old, 6.58 relative athletic score. Shows some really nice acceleration out of his break. So he'll make a break and then accelerate out of it. And I was pretty impressed with his ability to do that. He does need to do a much, much better job of understanding coverages. There were times where you could tell he was almost running into coverage because he wasn't sure what to expect and just... He just needs to sort of clean up some of his knowledge and understanding of NFL defenses or just football defenses in general. Had a pretty limited route tree at Ole Miss. That's something that if you go back and, you know, DK Metcalf, there's always the question of like, well, all right, he's just a, he's just a a nine route and a slant guy, maybe a bubble screen here and there. They've got an interesting offense. So he's going to have to expand that route tree. He can play inside and outside, which is always nice. He's got good size. 6'2", 213 is nothing to sneeze at. You could tell on tape when he was in the game because he's got very good size at the position. Ole Miss loves those bigger, more physical wide receivers and Malik Heath certainly fits the bill there. Did have some concentration uh, drops and you did see some of that show up. There was a play over the middle of the field that I watched where he's wide open middle of the field, ball hits him right in the hands and unfortunately it ends up in a drop. Um, He has, uh, excuse me, he gets off balance when accelerating. So that's something where as he's accelerating through the catch point, sometimes you'll see him stumble a little bit. Uh, There was another play where he accelerated out of his brakes where he stumbled a little bit. So he needs to do a little bit better job with his overall balance. He does do a nice job of using his size to his advantage and gaining separation at the top of the route. So just as he's getting to that top of the route, just kind of using some of that frame and just some of that physicality, he's not going to separate with just pure route running. He doesn't have that type of speed. He doesn't have that type of route running prowess. And when you're 213 pounds, 6'2", it's going to be harder to do that. So you have to use little things a little bit more to your advantage. I thought he used his frame, his size, and his physicality pretty well to gain that little bit of separation that he needed at the top of the route to get open for his quarterbacks. The other thing I will note here is there were plays where he was on like running the same route on opposite sides as Jonathan Mingo. And you could just tell the night and day difference between Jonathan Mingo, early second round pick, I think what, top 35 pick in the draft on one side and undrafted free agent Malik Heath on the other. And I really, I liked some of the stuff Malik Heath had on tape. There's no question about it, but sometimes it's good to sort of have that, you know, guy across from him to see like, oh yeah, that guy's a second round pick and you can very much see why Malik Heath doesn't match that acceleration, the power, the like you could just see the night and day difference between um, you know, between Mingo and Malik Heath, which was it was just noticeable. A player that came to mind while I was watching Malik Heath was Jarrett Boykin, undrafted free agent, former Green Bay Packer. Some of the same size and athletic attributes. I think that could be a similar type of trajectory from Malik Heath. We'll see if he can follow that. Boykin had a couple really nice years in Green Bay. The issue for Heath is he only had 20 career special team snaps. If he wants to make the roster or make a, you know, even if he makes a roster or a practice squad to get called up and be active on game day, he is going to have to find his way on special teams. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. William Hooper, corner out of Northwestern State, 5'10", 180 pounds, 23 years old. He's coming from a lower level of competition. Needs to do a much better job of getting his head turned around. Allowed only 27 receptions on 71 targets last season with nine pass breakups. Gave up 15.6 yards per completion though, four touchdowns and no interceptions. Did play outside, played in the slot as well so he can be moved around a little bit. Does not panic at the catch point, only five penalties in his career. Played 150 snaps on special teams just this past season and he gives really good effort on plays and does not give up, which you love to see as well. Jason Luan, defensive lineman out of Illinois State, 6'6", 293, 24 years old, 8.55 relative athletic score. This is one of their rare undrafted free agents that has great size, 293 pounds, really good athlete, 85th percentile athlete at the position. However, the tape left some stuff to be desired. So only 39 pressures in his career and only one sack in the past three seasons. You look at him and that, like I, I talked about, you know, uh, what was it? Musgrave should have, you know, stumbled into like eight touchdowns by accident through the, through the you know course of his career. Well, Jason Luan at Illinois State, at his size, his, you know, frame, his athleticism, like that guy should have had like 10, 15 sacks easy. And he had one sack in the past three seasons. Plays far too upright. So when you're 6'6", leverage becomes an issue and you could just tell he's far too upright. He's playing far too tall. And that's going to be something he has to really clean up if he wants to use all that athleticism and strength to his advantage. He's not a great run defender. Doesn't give you much as a pass rusher, as mentioned, with just the one sack in the past three seasons. Struggled disengaging from blocks. He looks good at 6'6", with good athleticism in his size. So he's got a nice frame and like he very much looks the part. Has some closing burst as well. So you can see him kind of explode when he gets, usually it was unblocked or like he splits a block and gets in space. As mentioned, he really struggles to disengage. So um, that's going to be an issue for him at the NFL level. He very much needs to put on some functional strength. So even though he's above 290 already, I think he needs to find a way to probably put on 10 pounds of real muscle and, and, and functional strength if he wants to compete as a run defender in the NFL. And he very much struggles to hold up against double teams as well. So this is one of those players that I expect to make the practice squad just because good athlete, good size, 6'6", looks the part, but just looks really far away from being able to contribute anywhere near at an NFL level. I think Green Bay is going to see him maybe a little bit more as a ball 
Clay, somebody they stash on the practice squad and see if he can develop in the weight room and just kind of learn the ins and outs of playing in the NFL and the position a little bit more at this level. Cameron McDonald, tight end out of Florida State, 6'4", 237 pounds, only a 2.52 relative athletic score, super unselfish player. Everything about him was setting up his other players for success. A lot of blocking, a lot of getting out to the outside in their their screen game to block on the outside. Like he was kind of that Josiah DeGuara, where just unsung hero, he's blocking everywhere. Um, he's getting out in that H-back, fullback sort of role. That's what I saw out of Cameron McDonald. He's not afraid to go out and block. In fact, he could you could tell he understood that that was his function within the offense. He kind of looks like a classic number three, number four tight end that doesn't really have the juice, isn't going to do much after the catch, but it's just kind of that hard worker, hard man, you know, hardcore mentality, like a little bit of, I don't know, maybe like a Tom Crabtree type of player to his game. So that, that's the type of player that I see here, a little bit of maybe like a Tyler Davis, even though Davis is much more athletic. Those type of players where you're just kind of like, yeah, they don't bring much to the table, but you can understand why maybe Green Bay wants a player like that from time to time on the roster. Um, but limited athletic upside, routes need a lot a lot of work. He needs to become a much more detailed and precise route runner. Not the most physical blocker. The effort is great, but he's more of an effort blocker than a physical blocker at this point. Definitely has the right mentality. These are the type of guys that you enjoy having on your team because they are unselfish. They're going to do the dirty work. They're going to play on special teams. You need some guys like that. And he definitely has the right mentality. Not a separation guy, not a run after the catch guy, not a jump ball guy, not a seam guy. He's going to have to be the dirty work guy. He's going to have to be the guy that gets, you know, everyone else, all of the playmaking. He's just going to have to be sort of that glue guy on your offense. And if he can become that great, but if he can't, there's not much else he's ultimately bringing to the table. Did have 488 career special team snaps, but only 46 in the last three seasons combined. He is going to have to get back to those special teams ways. Antonio Moultrie, defensive lineman out of Miami, 6'4", 275, 5.25 relative athletic score. Another player who plays far too upright. He's going to have to find a way to get lower, win with a little bit more leverage. That's just going to be something from a technique standpoint that he's going to have to clean up. I do think he has some real potential on twists and stunts. He's got a pretty good first step, got some good speed, has some closing speed. I think that's a way that you could maybe use him and use him to his his strengths is on those twists and stunts, especially if he's the guy looping inside and maybe you're hoping he's going to become the free rusher. I think he's got a little bit of juice there. The effort is a million percent there. The plan of attack is not, he has to have a, like he'll get up and he's all excited and he's like going right at the offensive lineman, but he just doesn't have anything to really, you know, throw at them, needs better moveset, needs to figure out a way to disengage from those blocks. So you love the effort, but just needs to figure out a better plan of attack moving forward. I'm not sure his best position. He's listed as a defensive lineman. He played defensive lineman. I think he might be better as a stand-up edge rusher, as a 6'4", 275 guy, maybe more of an early down guy that maybe you can kick inside a little bit on on passing downs, but I kind of liked him more standing up and more on the, the outside than I liked him on the inside. Just had a little bit tougher time holding up at the point of attack on the inside. Only 43 pressures and three sacks in his entire career. So you need to see a little bit more production and productivity there. Uh, he can get sealed in the run game far too easily, which is why I don't like him on the inside. And he definitely struggles to get off of those blocks as well. That brings us to Henry Pearson, fullback out of App State. 6'2", 249, 23 years old, 6.98 RAS score at the fullback position. More of like that fullback, H-back type, again, kind of like a Josiah DeGuara. Can move him around a little bit. He's an effort blocker. You might be able to get him up on some of those fullback seam routes where you fake it to the running back. The fullback looks like he's going to block and then he gets up the seam. Maybe a wheel route here or there. 
does have 442 career special team snaps, but 303 of those were on field goal and extra point protection. So that's kind of the low hanging fruit of special teams. He's going to have to diversify there a little bit. Only 32 targets last season, but on those 32 targets had 25 catches for 329 yards, five touchdowns, a 40-yard reception, only one drop, and a 149.1 passer rating when targeted. So you'd love to see that. Does have also solid experience, played over 3,000 career college snaps on offense and on special teams combined. And also here, I use Tom Crabtree as sort of a reference here as well. I think he kind of brings some of that mentality and just sort of some of the H-back, fullback, blocking, a little bit of receiving. Like I think we see a a little bit of Tom Crabtree here in Henry Pearson. They list him as a fullback. I think more of an H-back probably fits him a little bit better. Jimmy Phillips, linebacker out of SMU, 6'1", 232 pounds, 3.44 relative athletic score. Nice job in run defense, keeping everything ahead of him and not overcommitting. I thought that was something that he did well more often than not. As a, as a linebacker, especially as you're pursuing the play, you don't want to get ahead of it so that the running back has that cutback lane and then you're just screwed. I thought he did a good job of keeping everything in front of him. So if that running back cut back, he was right there to go make the tackle. Uh, Good size. I thought he looked faster on tape than what he tested. Really good energy. You can tell he cares about the game. Seemed to have a pretty good control of the defense. I don't think he's going to hold up well in the second level against bigger offensive linemen. Spoiler alert, most linebackers don't these days. I thought he was a just a tick too slow with triggering and he needs to react just a little bit better. I thought he had okay instincts. I don't think his instincts were bad, but that's where he just needs to react a little bit quicker. And when he reads something, he needs to go and make that play. So just that read and react. I thought he struggled in coverage in 2022, only one sack and two interceptions in his career. So playmaking definitely eluded him. However, 871 career special team snaps. Rich Passaccia is drooling with the opportunity here. 871 career special team snaps, including PFF for special teams grades, rarely grades people well. This guy had an 80.9 grade in 2021 on special teams, 76.9 in 2020, and 81.6 grade in 2018. He put, not only did he play 871 career snaps on special teams, he had some extremely good uh, special teams production, at least per PFF in their grades, which is very rare to see. So this could be somebody who maybe is a special teams ace. And like I said, I'm sure Rich Basashi is looking at his tape and wondering how he can use him in his special teams and in his scheme. Next up is Benny Sapp, the safety out of Northern Iowa. I'm going to have to admit, when I saw him at rookie minicamp, I was excited. I thought he looked the part. I went back and finally watched the tape. The tape left a lot to be desired. So 5'11", 200 pounds, 4.40 relative athletic score. Like I said, he looks the part, needs to have much better field vision and awareness. There were times where players got, as he, remember, he's a safety, sort of last line of defense where players got behind him and he just did a poor job of recognizing it. It resulted in big plays. He has to take much better angles to the football. There were some very, very suspect angles that he took. I would have a very hard time trusting him as the last line of defense right now without some serious improvement. Might be best as a box safety, but he's only 5'11", 200 pounds, so doesn't necessarily have the size and ideal just overall measurables to be a box safety. Has had some interceptions. He's had nine interceptions in his career and eight over the past two seasons. He's allowed 65.2% completion percentage in coverage in his career, but only six touchdowns and nine interceptions to off balance or like counterbalance that. So the, the playmaking has certainly been there. 
The limited overall athleticism definitely shows up on tape. He does have 470 career special team snaps, which is good, but he's going to have to really lean on that playmaking, the nine interceptions that he had in his career, as well as his special teams experience. Next up is Kadeem Telfort, the tackle out of UAB, 6'7". 322 pounds, 24 years old, a 1.59 relative athletic score. He is a massive, stout, wide-built offensive tackle with a huge wingspan. And I think he actually moves pretty well for his size. And let me just say here, I think these offensive tackles are a little bit of a market inefficiency because I think a lot of teams, now I don't think they're looking at relative athletic score, but I do think they're looking at the, the all of the you know, measurables, the the three cone, the agility testing, the explosive testing. And I think they see somebody like a Kadeem Telfort or a Caleb Jones and say, you know what? They didn't test well in anything. That, that's just not going to play at the NFL level. But you have to remember when you're 6'7", 322 or in Caleb Jones's you know, place when you're 6'9", 370 or whatever, of course, you're not going to test well in the agility drills or in the vertical or in the broad jump or things like that. You're 6'7", 322, or you're 6'9", 370 in, in Caleb Jones's case. Of course, you're not going to test well. But some of these guys with their massive length have pretty darn good movement skills considering their size. Like I said, I think some of these guys are a little bit of a market inefficiency right now. I think Goody has discovered that because they love their RAS guys, but they've taken a chance these last two years on Caleb Jones and Kadeem Telford. Uh, and I like, I love that he's done that. He needs to work on his footwork. Definitely plays a little bit too high. Needs to play with a better center of gravity. His size, what I love about these players at offensive tackle is their size allows them to play a little bit more inside, which forces the the you know edge rushers to go to the outside. And then he just engulfs them with his massive size and his huge wingspan. So you're protecting the inside. And like, if you're a if you're an edge rusher playing against a 6'7", 322, the last thing you want to do is go right at that guy or try to get inside when he's protecting the inside. So you look at it and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to have to go around this guy and just beat him with speed. He's 322 pounds. I can certainly beat him with speed. But by protecting the inside and having that wide body and those huge arms and knowing that they're going to have to go to the outside, now the edge rusher becomes predictable. They get to the outside and now you just get those huge arms. And like, as they're trying to get around your 322 plus pound body, like it just, it doesn't give the edge rusher much opportunity. So um, I think you see that when he plays and he played against Georgia in 2021, he held up just fine. Um, so I was, I was impressed at how he held up against Georgia, one of the best defenses in football that we've seen in 2021. And he, he played well at left tackle in that game. Uh, I really like, again, these, these types of offensive linemen. I think they're undervalued. And uh, let's see, he did have a credit card fraud scheme issue in 2017 that got him suspended from the University of Florida. He left the school, played two years of junior college, then played uh, the past few seasons at UAB. And the downside here is he will be 25 years old in November. So he's definitely a little bit of an overage prospect. That brings us to Deuce Watts, wide receiver out of Tulane, probably my favorite of the undrafted free agents on tape. 6'1", 196 pounds, 7.00 relative athletic score, had some really impressive highlight level catches, which I thought was great. I didn't think there was a huge difference here between Grant DuBose at the end of round seven and Deuce Watts as an undrafted free agent. Plucks the ball really well outside of his frame, really good size, great body control. He can line up outside, line up in the slot. Showed he could make some big plays against USC, big time program there. He made a couple big plays in that game. He's absolutely going to have to expand his route tree. He's going to need to learn to change up his pacing. He kind of goes at one speed and he did not play at 
all on special teams in his career. Zero special team snaps. That's going to be a major issue and probably one of the things that's going to hold him back the most. As a wide receiver, liked what he brought to the table. He's going to have to basically learn special teams from scratch, which is going to be very, very difficult. But I definitely think Watts is somebody that is probably practice squad capable and hopefully can learn how to play special teams and continue to grow as a wide receiver as well. Broughton Hatcher, long snapper out of Old Dominion, 6'4", 242 with a 9.12 relative athletic score for a long snapper. That's all I got for you. That is all you're getting for long snapper notes. And then while technically not an undrafted free agent, Kenneth Odomegwu, the edge rusher, NFL International, 6'6", 259, hasn't played football, so there's no tape on him out there. Uh, so that is at least organized football. So not really true a true undrafted free agent, but somebody they got in the NFL International program. All right. My favorite undrafted guys of that entire class, I would say Brenton Cox Jr., Kadeem Telford, Deuce Watts, and Jimmy Phillips. I think Brenton Cox Jr. is going to have the opportunity to compete as a potential extra edge rusher. Kadeem Telford, I don't think he's going to have the opportunity to really earn a offensive tackle spot simply because of the depth that they have right now at the position, but I do think he's a prime candidate for the practice squad. Deuce Watt, same thing with the six drafted wide receivers of the over the past two seasons, plus Bo Melton. I don't think there's much chance that he probably breaks the, the 53 on the roster, but I think he's probably a very good bet for the practice squad. And then there's Jimmy Phillips, who might, actually the last two, Jimmy Phillips, the 800 plus snaps on special teams. And I thought his tape was pretty solid as a linebacker. Probably not somebody you want in on third down a ton, I think, but he, I think he can be an early down player. I think he has an opportunity that the, the off-ball linebacker position isn't super deep. So that could be a guy that could make it, especially just on his special teams prowess. And then the other guy I'll name here is Broughton Hatcher, the long snapper. And I have no idea if he's any good. He might be like the worst long snapper of all time. He might be the best long snapper of all time or anything in between. And I have no idea. But I think people think that Matt Orzik, the long snapper from the Rams that they signed as one of their actual like rare legitimate free agents this offseason is just like, well, he's going to get the job. They gave him a signing bonus and for sure he's going to get it. And I, I'm like, in theory, I understand you're thinking there, if that's what you're thinking, but he has only a $300,000 signing bonus. And if Green Bay releases him, that's all they have in dead cap is 300K. And the nuance here to this is... Paying Orzik the 300K and keeping Hatcher on the roster is actually cheaper, even though you're paying a dead cap hit for Orzik, than just keeping Orzik on the roster. So there is an actual built-in advantage. Hatcher is younger. Hatcher would make less, even though you're paying Orzik's 300K in dead cap. Like there is actually a, an advantage here for Hatcher. So if, if it's close, if you actually told me right now, that the long snapper competition is is close at the end of camp between Hatcher and Orzik, I would probably tell you that they keep Hatcher just based on cheap, you know, he's cheaper and he's younger. And that's important right now for Green Bay. So I, I think a lot of people just expecting Orzik to make it. I would, if I were betting right now, I'd say Orzik probably does make it, but Hatcher has some baked in advantages there with being cheaper and younger. And don't just assume that Orzik's going to be the guy because I don't think that's necessarily the case. All right. That does it for my undrafted free agent breakdown. That does it for my rookie breakdown. I hope you enjoyed this entire series. I really enjoy doing this every single year. It's one of my favorite things to do, but we are going to move on. We've got a lot more to cover with the Packers over the next couple of weeks. OTAs will start up before you know it. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.